Hey, what if I told you that I knew a person or knew of a person that, that Jesus said, I don't want you to follow me? What would you think if I told you that? What if I told you that not only do I have I heard of a person, but you probably have too, and uh, the story of that particular person has been recorded and floating around on planet Earth for uh, centuries now. Uh, what if I told you that? Uh, would you believe me? Well, you're going to believe me in a second when I delve a little bit into the story. If you've got a Bible there, turn with you to Mark chapter 5, please. I've got a very simple and short word that I want to bring this morning. And I believe it's a timely word, and I believe it's a word in season for us. I'm going to bounce off this story in Mark chapter 5. Before I do, we're living in a a time of transition at the moment where uh, we are beginning to re-emerge from the COVID restrictions and all the stuff that has been uh, around us. We're at a season uh, right now in this country, in our particular state, I'm not sure where you're watching from, it may be different where you are, but restrictions are gradually being lifted. We're seeing people return to gyms, we're seeing uh, sporting clubs begin to come back together, we're seeing people get out to cafes and restaurants, Uh, people's working hours are extending and, and life's getting back to some type of normal in the job sector. I was just listening to uh, an announcement from the National Cabinet here in Australia and they uh, have decided that they're going to lift outdoor gathering restrictions from uh, 100 people to, uh, to whatever, so long as there's now social distancing. That means that uh, next weekend that we could have crowds at our, uh, our, our national football competitions. So a 40,000-seat auditorium stadium would now be able to seat 10,000 uh, people. So they're looking at, at going purely to uh, social distancing restrictions, which, of course, lifts the lid even more, and gatherings are starting to come back. Uh, that also means that, uh, as of last week, that certain uh, churches were starting to uh, gather back together as well across uh, the state of New South Wales. Some started last week. Uh, here at Arise, we'll be recommencing our physical services on uh, next Sunday, so the 21st of June. Uh, if you've been watching online, though, uh, we've decided that we're going to continue to utilise our online platform. We're going to keep uh, uh, our Arise Online YouTube channel up and running. And we're also going to uh, move towards the possibility of live streaming our Sunday morning services. That won't uh, happen straight away. We've got to get our technology sorted. We've got to get the people sorted so we can learn uh, how all that sort of stuff happens. But that's where we're heading. So if you are a subscriber to Arise Online, can I encourage you? We want to continue to be blessing to you and continue to, to reach out to you, as well as to reach out to those people who, for various different reasons, may not be able to get to an actual physical gathering. And I know there are people out there uh, for various reasons that literally can't make it to a physical gathering. Well, we want to be a blessing to you too. Jesus loves you. Uh, God understands the situation you may in, and we want to uh, continue to reach out to you. But as the church is beginning to emerge, as we're beginning to come out of hibernation, as individuals are coming out of hibernation, uh, I believe that what God wants from us is that we would, as a church, come out of hibernation different to what we were when we went in. I believe that the church that emerges out of COVID uh, should be different to the church that went into hibernation uh, at the beginning of this this process. Um, And I've said before, I don't think that means that when we uh, regather together that things will necessarily look a lot different. I do think there'll obviously be changes with social distancing. There'll be adjustments with uh, perhaps multiple services that people need to run because they can't fit everybody in at a time slot. There'll be uh, hygiene things, protocols in place. So there'll be some things different. But what I mean is the heart 
of the church, us as individuals, you and me. We went into this isolation a certain way and I believe that God's heart and desire is that we would come out another way. Not that we would come out of isolation just going, I can't wait to get back to normal when we think normal is what we used to be like before hibernation. I believe that, 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 that as far as I'm concerned, the person I was before COVID, that there was a lot of good stuff in there, that was, there was a lot of things that weren't that good, but I believe that the person that went into hibernation because of COVID, that God wants me to come out of COVID a different person. And, and the last couple of weeks, maybe you've been like me, where you've been sitting back and looking at some of those adjustments, the, the, the changing of your value setting, the, the separation of needs and wants, the, the things God's been speaking to you. The last couple of weeks, for me, has been a time of, 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 of sitting down and going, right, I've really got to fight now. I've got to fight to hold on to those lessons. I've got to, got to fight. I've got to put my, my, my elbows uh, to the wheel, as it were, and, and, and work hard now with the Holy Spirit to make sure that I don't lose those lessons and that I don't slowly drift back to being the same person and living the same way, thinking the same way, being the same way that I was before COVID. Because God has done some wonderful, wonderful things in my life and wonderful things in yours. And if I can hang on to those changes, and you can, then I believe that we can emerge, re-emerge from COVID. We can come out of our place of hibernation different than we were when we went into that place of hibernation. I've been speaking the last few weeks about influence and it's more and more in my heart that the church is called to hold a place of influence in society. We were never created, we were never called as a movement of people that would just gather around holy huddles and we would just be uh, 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 once a week, let's meet in buildings, let's encourage each other and stir one another on as much as I love doing that and so on. But our faith was about way more than that. Uh, if, if my faith was purely about just coming to Jesus and just spending time with Jesus, then the easiest way to make sure that happens would be for Jesus to take me out of this world because when I leave this body, that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to spend eternity, according to what I believe, with Jesus Christ at that point. But he left me here for a reason. See, when Jesus left, uh, after raising up the, 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 uh, the, the uh, 12 disciples and gathering them together and, 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 and then birthing the church, he left a commission. That commission was going to all the world. It wasn't just going to all the church. It was going to all the world. In other words, what you've got, what's in you, I want you to take it outside the, the walls of the spiritual gatherings and I want you to realise that it's really important and that you need to have an impact on the world around you. You know, I was reading... <coughs> Uh, the other day, 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says this, it says, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, old things have passed away, all things have become new. And I was thinking about what does that passage actually mean? And you know what I think it means? I think it means that you and I, those of us that have given our life to Jesus, we are humanity 2.0. Have a think about that. We are the upgraded version of what it means to be human. Isn't that a cool thought? We're the latest model. We're, we're like the iPhone, oh, I don't have an iPhone, so I don't even know what they're up to, but you know, like iPhone 12 or 10, whatever. We're like the latest version of Samsung. Uh, and I know that all you Apple people out there think that's really uncool, but I'm a Samsung man myself. So we're like the latest version of the iPhone or the latest version of the Samsung. We're the, the, we're, we're the latest pair of shoes. You know, we're the, the, the trendiest pair of shoes and pants you can think of. We're the latest TV series on Netflix that's cool and hip and fab and everybody's into it. And no, I cannot believe I used the word fab, but I did. That's twice now. Please forgive me. But what, you know what, exactly what I'm trying to say. We are the, the, the coolest uh, uh, version of humanity. We're as good as humanity's going to get. 
this side of heaven. Now, I'm not saying that you and I are perfect. We are not perfect. There are glitches in the matrix and there are things that go wrong. Even with the best technology, even with the newest car, things go wrong. So we're never going to be perfect until we get there. But as far as humanity goes, we are humanity 2.0. That's what it means. When you come to Jesus, you become humanity 2.0. We become the latest. We become the trendsetter. We become the more modern piece of technology. But how many of us don't live like that? How many of us actually have this sense of inferiority about us as believers? How many of us have this sense that we should be just quietly sitting in the corner, that we should just be, be perhaps doing what we're told, that we should uh, uh, be perhaps just, just getting all of our cues from the world and, and, and allowing them to let us uh, be as big as they're allowing us to be or as little as they say we should be or whatever? How many of us live with a, an expectation and a sense of rejection? Uh, rejection by the world because of what we believe in, because of who we are. There's an expectation of rejection, that we will be rejected. And, and while there's an element of truth about that, I don't believe we should be living in an expectation of rejection in a way that squashes us and nullifies our impact and our influence. Hey, we are going to be rejected. Jesus himself said that. He said, if they reject me, they're going to reject you. There's going to come points of disagreement. There's going to come points of tension. But instead of backing down, what we need to be doing is standing our ground in confidence and boldness and saying, no, 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 we're humanity 2.0. We're the upgraded version. We're the upgraded version of this thing. So not with arrogance, but with great confidence, we can say that the way that, that, that we see it, the way that God sees it, is the modern way. This is the best way. This is the best way of doing it. You're not going to do it any better than the way that God says. But many of us live with this shame and rejection. You know what? It doesn't help when we live in a society that highlights every negative thing that the church does. Highlights every time there's a falling or a failing in the name of Jesus. They highlight it and plaster it everywhere. And I think it's happened so often in the last probably 20 years that there's almost this cloak of shame now where we pull back and we hide a little bit. I think it's time that we stood up. And I'm praying that the church that comes out of COVID understands that we are a humanity 2.0. We are the modern latest version and we have every right to be publicly displayed right there on the shelves. Every right. In, in Mark chapter 5, we've got the story of this demon-possessed man. And, and you all know the story that, that, that Jesus comes and uh, gets out of the boat with his disciples and so on. And this demon-possessed uh, man is set free. And the pigs, uh, the demons leave him, go into the pigs. They run down the hill. Uh, the townspeople come. They tell Jesus to go. Why? Because their economy has been shot. They're, they're more concerned about the negative impact on the economy than they are the positive impact of the presence of Jesus in the life of this man. It sounds a little bit like the world today, I guess, in one sense. What's more important? Are people more important or things? Well, too often for many people, things are way more important than people. And in this situation, these people were more concerned about the economy than they were this man that had been tormented and put down and isolated and had struggled and had, had, had been possessed by this demonic spirit and had, had removed his faculties and his control, they were more concerned about the economy and the economic downturn than they were about the blessing and the miracle that took place in this man's life. So they say to Jesus, we want you to leave. Jesus says, okay, I'll go. See, God is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not force himself upon anybody ever. And so Jesus says, yes, I'll go. We pick up the story in Mark chapter 5, verse 18 to 20. It says, and when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him. 
told you there was a man in the Bible that Jesus said, no, you can't follow me. You know, there are a lot of stories in the Bible of people that chose not to follow Jesus because his teaching was too hard, the road was too rocky, the cost was going to be too great. But here we have a man that wants to follow Jesus, wants to get in the boat with Jesus and his disciples. And Jesus says to him, no. You know, it reminds me of an old advertising slogan many, many years ago for a company called John West. John West sold seafood and they used to have this slogan, the fish John West rejected. And every time I read this story, I think of that man. I think the man that Jesus rejected. At least I used to think that way. This is the fish that John West rejected. And then I started thinking the other day about these fishing shows that I watch. I'm an avid fisherman. I love to fish. I can sit there all day with a rod in my hand, one piece of bait out there, not get a bite, have no one say nothing to me, come home after eight hours and say to my wife, it was a fantastic day. I can do that. I just love uh, fishing. Maybe my expectations in life are too high, uh, too low, sorry, but uh, I just enjoy fishing. I enjoy getting out there amongst the nature and so on, whether I catch anything or not. Uh, but I love watching fishing shows. And sometimes when you watch a fishing show, they'll go out there with the camera crews and they'll spend a whole day fishing somewhere and they'll catch this huge beautiful beautiful fish and and what they'll do with that fish is they'll hold it there and they'll talk you through all the technicalities of it and show you the fins and the nice colors of the scales and all that sort of stuff and I'm sitting there and I'm taking this in and I understand I'm enjoying it and then they do something that to my brain is absolutely crazy they then pick up the fish walk to the edge of the boat and I can feel myself getting tense and I'm just wanting to scream out don't do it and next thing you know, bang, they throw this beautiful fish out in the water. I'm thinking, God, if you would just let me catch one of those fish, I'll do the right thing, God. I will take that thing home. I will, I will scale it. I will fillet that thing. I will, will shallow fry it in a pan. I will put lemon, pepper and breadcrumbs. I will cook it beautifully. I will feed my family. I'll get the tartare sauce out. I'll get the salad and we'll have a feast with that fish. But these fishermen, they take that fish and they release that fish back into the ocean you know I believe that that's what Jesus was doing with this man on the surface it may look like that Jesus rejected his desire to want to come and be with him and go with him in the boat but Jesus wasn't rejecting this man Jesus was doing something way more profound and powerful what Jesus was doing was he was making a statement to that man Jesus was actually releasing that man he was releasing that man into all that God had for him. He was releasing that man into the plans and the purposes that God had for him. He was releasing that man into the community to go and to have an influence. You see, the reason why on the fishing shows they'll catch those fish and they'll release them is because they realize that this fish needs to be out there in the natural ecosystem. If you remove this fish from the natural ecosystem, it will be detrimental to the natural ecosystem. If you remove this fish, that ecosystem can be thrown out of balance. It can have negative ramifications on the ecosystem. That particular species, that fish, it needs to be in the ecosystem because it serves a purpose. Well, in the same way, this man had to be back in the community. He had to be sent back into society. Why? Because men and women who have had an encounter with Jesus Christ, men and women who have met the Lord, men and women who have been set free, men and women 
who have been released from the bondage of fear, who have been released from shame, who have been released from guilt. Men and women who know Jesus need to be released back into the world. Why? Because the spiritual ecosystem needs us to be out there. The spiritual ecosystem would collapse if we were all pulled out of those spaces and just locked together in holy huddles. Boy, would we have a good time. Yes. Would we sing some great songs? Yes. Would we pray up a storm? Yes, we would. Are all those things good? Yes, they are. But if we were all pulled out of the community, if we were all pulled out of politics, of education, if we were all pulled out of the sporting world, if we were pulled out of the scientific world, the technological world, if we were pulled out of the media world, if we were pulled out of all those spheres of society, then the spiritual ecosystem would possibly collapse and it would be detrimental to what God wants to do down here on planet Earth. So with that in mind, Jesus says to this man, I don't want you to get in the boat with me. What I want you to do is to take what I've done in your life and I want you to take it out there into the Decapolis. I want you to go into the 10 cities. He says, go back to your friends. Uh, Go back to the, the place where you originally came from. We don't know how long ago that was, but basically Jesus is saying, go back to that place and I want you to take the good thing that I've done and, and, and let them know about the compassion I've had on you. Go back to that place and, and, and do something wonderful and profound for me because I need people that have been impacted by me to be out there. I don't want everyone that's been impacted by me to be sitting in the boat with me. We need to be sent back out. We need to know that as a church, we have been released into the community. We have been released into society. Jesus himself, God wants us to know that we need to go out there and realize every day when you wake up, don't go out there with a sense of expectation of rejection. I want you to go out there with a sense of purpose and passion and an ordained understanding that today I am being sent. I'm being released by God into that place. Today I'm being released by God into the plans and purposes that he has for my life. There's something powerful about living as if you've been released. There's something powerful about living a released life. Not just released from sin, insecurity, inferiority. Not just released from, but being released into, being launched into, being sent into the community. And the church, you and me, anybody that has bowed their knee to Jesus. My, my, my prayer for you and my heart's cry for you today is that as we begin to re-emerge out of this COVID hibernation, as we begin to go back to our workplaces, as we go back to, to school, to university, wherever it is that we come out of and we begin to re-emerge and go back into, that we would go back in there with a sense of authority upon our lives, with a sense of understanding that we are humanity 2.0. We're not the old version we're not my cupboard you know you go into my cupboard and you'll still see clothing and some of it might resemble something from the 80s hey i still think it's cool it may be cool but it ain't very influential and it's not making a big difference in the in the community at the moment but the modern stuff that's out there hey that's what we are we are humanity 2.0 we are the modern version of mankind and we have a lot to offer the world don't buy the lie that we are insignificant don't buy the lie that we can't change things don't buy the lie that we shouldn't be there don't buy the lie that our place is in holy huddles in buildings don't buy that lie and i believe god wants us to know today just like this man don't focus on the potential rejection of the world understand the authority of being released into the world by god himself you see this is what i believe jesus was saying to that man when he didn't permit him to get into the boat jesus was saying this the people in the boat 
don't need what God has done in your life as much as the people in the city do. Let me say that again. The people in the boat, they don't need what God has done in your life as much as the people in the city do. You see, the people in the boat can be greatly encouraged by what God has done in your life. The people in the city can be greatly transformed by what God has done in your life. My prayer and, and my, my hope for each one of us as we come out of this COVID hibernation, as we begin to gather back together, and, and as I mentioned, for us that commences next Sunday, we begin gathering physically again. My hope and my prayer is this, that as we begin to gather together, that we would gather together and we would go out into the world with a sense of being released by God. I remember years and years ago when I first went to India, I went over there as a part of a, a ministry team to plant a, a ministry centre, a base of operations out there where we would reach into the community and so on. And I remember standing in a tent in Brisbane and having uh, uh, some leaders in the organisation I was with gather around us and they laid hands on us and they prayed over us. And what they did in that prayer is they released us. And there was something powerful about that moment of, of being released. I felt different after that than I did before. I'm not, I don't know whether it was a, a something that God actually did or whether it was just my head being filled with the knowledge. Hang on, I'm not just going to India. I've been released into India. I've been released by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I've been commissioned by God, as it were, to go and do this thing. I'm not just doing it because it's a good idea. I've been commissioned by God and I've got the authority and the support of heaven behind me. And as you go to work and as you go to school and as you go about your business in the community, my, my, my prayer is that you would experience what I experienced on that day, that you would go out there and you would know. When you wake up tomorrow morning, I want you to say to yourself, when you get up to go to work or school or whatever it is that you're doing, I want you to say to yourself, I, I, I'm not just going to this. I have been released into this place because I've got something that this place desperately needs. I've got something that's going to add and build into the spiritual ecosystem of that place where I'm going. I'm not going to walk in there with my head down, embarrassed, ashamed. I'm not going to be in here feeling like they're all the modern technology and they're all the, and I'm outdated and I'm no longer needed. I'm going to go in there knowing I am humanity 2.0. I'm the updated version of humanity. I'm what God wants. I'm closer to what God wants. I am the kind of creator creation that God is working towards building here on planet earth and I carry with me a sense of spiritual weight and authority and as I go into that place I realize that 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 heaven itself is behind me and the Holy Spirit has released me into that place he's released me into that place let me pray for you right now I want to pray for you father I pray for every single person that's watching this right now God I don't know their journey I don't know their story but Lord, I read this story of this particular man, this demon-possessed man, and I know, God, that, that in the natural, he probably had nothing. He probably had nothing that would endear him to people. He was an ex-demon-possessed, crazy guy. He probably didn't have a lot of skills. He probably didn't know a lot about Jesus. He probably didn't know a lot about the Bible. He probably didn't feel like he had a great deal to offer, but in obedience to Jesus, he just simply went into the city. And he lived his life. And when the opportunity came, he opened his mouth and he spoke and he shared about the good things that you had done in his life. And Father, I want to pray right now for every person that's watching that, Lord, you would impress upon them a sense of destiny and a sense of purpose. That, Lord, they 
have been released into the world as your ambassadors. They've been released into the world, into the marketplace, into the business world. They've been released into uh, education. They've been released into the building trade. Lord, they've been released into wherever it is that they're going to get out of bed tomorrow and they're going to go to. They have been not just uh, uh, doing it because it's a good thing, God. They have uh, a sense of divine release upon that, that you have sent them into that place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Reminds me of a saying an old man told me once. You probably heard this, but I'm going to say it anyway. He said, you don't have to cross the sea to be a missionary. You just have to see the cross. You just have to see the cross. Bless you, guys.